Welcome to The Extra Pieces. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick and... I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. Welcome to our little podcast and come and join us while we talk about Lego sets, things happening in the Lego fan community and pieces we've stepped on in the middle of the night. G'day Jay, how are you going? Not too bad. Um... Very nice change of scenery today. Where 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 are we recording from, Richard? Well, we're uh, recording from the Lego Australia offices in Sydney. We've come up to have a briefing with the team with regard to some of the strategic direction for the next 12 months. It's fan Media Days Down Under. Fan Media Days Down Under. Not technically true. Um, this is just an annual event that Lego Australia organises where they... Um, Essentially, just catch up with lugs and recognize fan media and our locks um, as well, just to you know talk about the year that has been and you know give us a heads up of, of what's coming up next year, which is super exciting. And um, one of the things that's particularly great, look, we've had the opportunity to have a talk with um, Troy Taylor, who is the general manager for Lego Australia. Um, and he shares with us some of his insights into what it's been like working for the Lego Group over the last 20 years. And he gave us a really cool tour of the new Lego Australia office as well. So I think they moved in about two weeks ago. Um, so you can still smell the paint, technically. Oh, yes, you can. It smells like ABS. <laughs> it smells like ABS. It certainly does. So we're in a very... In, a, in an office building, an office with occupying one floor in North Sydney. It's about two minutes walk out from the North Sydney railway station, um, which is much more convenient than the Macquarie Park offices that they've been in for the previous eight years or so. And throughout the office we see it decorated with minifigure motifs, but also Australian motifs, including swagmen wearing hats, a, a number of koalas and a kangaroo other, riding a scooter a koala bear dress up costume koala costume fan koala costume fan on the wall and uh, it's very cool the uh, the meeting rooms are all named after you know different parts and different icons of australia so currently we are in the barossa valley there's the 12 apostles there's the great barrier reef across us um, so, yeah, it's very cool. Um, this is my first time visiting the Lego Australia office. Um, but, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a big year. And when you receive an invite to come check out the new offices, you don't say no. Absolutely not. Not when you see what the new offices are like. Anyway, we'll um, launch into that interview now. Welcome to the Extra Pieces podcast. Um, if you could start off by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do at Lego Australia. Sure. So my name's Troy Taylor. I'm the Vice President General Manager for Australia and New Zealand. So a very long title. But in essence, I guess to, to dumb it down, I, I head up the Australian market and the New Zealand market and also the, the Pacific region. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work for Lego for 20 years. Wow. So I started off back in Geelong. So I'm from country Victoria. I um, mm. started off as a sales rep. So I, I did uni, I studied marketing, um, and obviously Geelong, very blue-collar town, home of the Ford Motor Company, home of Shell. There wasn't really many jobs for white-collar workers, and 
I was working at my um, local Target store, um, Target in Warren Ponds, <laughs> and uh, the Lego sales rep came in and said, "Hey, there's a job going at Lego. You know, would you be interested in putting your hand up?" I said, "Oh yeah, played with Lego as a kid. That sounds pretty cool." And yeah, basically the rest is history. I started then, and then worked my way into key account management. Moved to Sydney in 2007, and was heading up, you know, Kmart and Target and some of our larger accounts. Um, and then I moved to the US um, in 2010. So I was only 28. It was pretty nerve-wracking, but uh, mm. never really been overseas before. And um, I was in charge of the Global Toys R Us relationship, which at that time was our largest, huge. Yeah. Our largest huge. global customer. Um, and they were huge for us. And then also I was part of starting up the Amazon account for the Lego Group um, back then. So mainly Toys R Us focused, but then a little bit of Amazon. Did that for three years. Um, had a good run there and then came back and I guess you could say brought my tricks that I learned in the US to... Australia, and I was the sales director. So I was the ch- in charge of basically the, the go-to-market strategy, the channel strategy, the assortment, differentiation for the market, um, etc. Did that for about three years, and then I finally got to where I wanted to get to, which was marketing. Ah, <laughs> so yeah. I, I got lost in the world of sales That's for like about every 12 sales years. Dream. Absolutely. Um, and then I finally moved into marketing. Um, I was the senior director, head of marketing for Australia and New Zealand. And that's where I really had a great time from there. You know, I built the Southern Hemisphere's largest Christmas tree, which you probably saw in Martin Place. And, yeah, yeah. Um, down in Federation Square in Melbourne, we also took it to Auckland as well. So that was pretty cool. Um, got to film the first ever um, TV commercial shot outside of Denmark. So basically our first one in Australia, yeah. um, which was for the Lego Christmas campaign in 2015, I think it was. Build Your Lego Christmas. So that was mm. pretty cool. I was really proud of that. Um, I just had a great time, you know, bringing the brand to life, getting back into bricks and hands activities and getting back into events because to me, I grew up, you know, going to those world shows in Melbourne at Mural Hall and things like that. And, mm. In Maya, yeah. Yeah, in Maya and even DJs did some. And I noticed that, you know, Lego had got away from that for quite a period of time. Um, so my ambition was when I got into marketing, I want to bring back that childhood experience that I had. And I want kids of today to go, mummy and daddy, take me to that, that show and, you know, get a show bag and, and talk about it and have a great experience. So, um, so that was my ambition when I was in marketing. And I think I brought that to life. And then um, I spent the last five years um, living in Asia. So I got mm-hmm. an opportunity after that to move to Hong Kong. Um, and I was in charge as the general manager for Greater China. So Hong Kong, Taiwan and Macau, mm-hmm. um, which is a really interesting part of the world because our brand is present there. But we probably didn't really have the team to bring the brand to life the way we wanted to. So my job was to go direct um, with the markets there, direct with the retail partners and build a team to make sure that Lego was represented in the way that the company wants it represented. And obviously not easy, right? A lot of copycats in those markets. The home of a lot of knockoff bricks. So not easy, right? Because obviously families over there or, or parents over there see more value in education. They don't really allow their kids to have play with toys because that's a distraction from learning. So I guess our job was really to educate them that you can learn through play. Mm. You know, you can have a great experience through building. Um, It can be social. um, You can solve problems. um, And through that, you can actually get your child to where you want to get them to anyway. Um, So that was great. Had a really good time there and learned a lot. Engaged with the fan community over there. They build some amazing stuff Um, in Hong Kong and Taiwan. I can tell you that the community over there is very active. Very b- different building to here. Mm. Um, they like the Gangnam Robots, and they yep. do a lot of different type of stuff, um, but really enjoyed my experience. And then I was lucky enough to come home um, about 10 months ago now um, to head up Australia, which I'm super proud of because yep. not too many Australians have had the chance to run Australia. It's usually been Danes and Americans, and yeah. I was really fortunate enough that the company let an Aussie run Australia, so I'm really proud of that. And 
my family's happy to, to be back in this uh, back in this country. So a little bit about my journey, I guess, over yeah. 20 years. Congratulations. Sounds like a great journey. And now we're here in the uh, in the new office. We are. So tell us about this place. So yeah. we're actually currently recording from uh, the new LEGO Australia office. Um, so yeah, tell us about the new office, what this means for... Lego's presence down under because it is very, very impressive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very... So we were in campus a few yep. months ago. Um, it, it's, it's got the same vibe. So got some yeah, it's, It feels familiar. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, it's a, it's a big year for Lego in Australia this year. So we celebrate our 60-year anniversary. Mm. So 60 years ago in, in August um, was when John Petty came to Australia, the man that brought Lego bricks here in a yes. suitcase um, and started the brand. Um, we celebrated that this year. So... Since then, we've only had six other offices, so we haven't really moved around too much. Um, you know, we've been in um, uh, Lane Cove, um, we've been in Parramatta, um, and obviously just most recently we've been in Macquarie Park for the last mm. 11 years. So that was getting a little bit tired, that office. We're outgrowing that office, and of course to attract and retain younger talent, which are more e-com and digitally focused. Mm. They want a city location. <laughs> they want somewhere they can catch public transport. Somewhere with a view, somewhere with really cool amenities. So the opportunity come up to relocate our office from Macquarie Park to North Sydney, and we jumped at it. So um, we have the whole floor here, which is really cool. Um, we, we sit about 85 people in this office now, oh, wow. yeah. um, which is great. Um, we've changed it so it's more activity-based working. So basically you work where you feel your mojo going for the day. So you can work in a stand-up room. You can work in a traditional sit-down room like the one we're in here. Or you can work in some of those um, desks um, out there. So really it's designed to make sure that you maximize your day based on how you feel, so to speak. And then, of course, we've tried to make it feel a bit more like Australia. So you've seen lots of Australiana throughout. There's yeah, a giant um, kangaroo and koala surfing, which um, Ryan's team um, built for us um, down in Melbourne, which we're really appreciative of. And that was installed the other week. You can see that the floorboards represent the sand. If you've gone out into the working stations area, the carpet's actually like um, turquoise and green to represent the ocean. Um, and then, of course, some of the rooms are named after places in Australia. So we have Uluru. Um, we have the Great Barrier Reef, which I think is the room we're in here today. There's the Twelve Apostles, etc. So yeah. we've tried to make it a very Lego office, but with an Australian feel. And I think, you know, we've sort of achieved that, which is pretty cool. Mm. So, yeah, that's uh, a little bit about the office. But, uh, yeah, we opened it. Um, two weeks ago, and John Petty came here and helped me cut the ribbon mm -hmm. um, to open the office, which was really, really cool. Nice uh, tie back to the past. Yeah. And um, we've been really, really happy here um, ever since. Is John Petty still engaged with Lego Australia? He is, yeah. So John sits on our board. Mm -hmm. So we have a Lego Australia board, as you do when you're a PTYLTD company. So he sits on our board as a board member. So um, we see John a few times a year Fantastic. in the office. Um, we've got a, a, a room named after him. So the boardroom oh, cool. across the hall here is called the John Petty Room. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously we have that. And then we actually have a, a John Petty Award um, within our business. So once a year, it's a peer-voted award. Um, you can vote who you believe lives the, the John Petty values. That's perseverance, quality, fun, etc. Um, and uh, so he's honoured in an award as well. So John's still quite active within the local business, which is great. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Um, so I noticed there are, you've got a few models out in yep. the kitchen. You've mentioned the ones in the foyer that uh, that Ryan McNaughton, the Brickman team, have put together yep. for you. Um, have there been any other... That's, that's the kangaroo and koala on the surfboard. Have there been any other models that have been installed in this building at this stage that have been purpose-built? Not built? yet. So we're open to ideas. <laughs> With, as I said, uh, to get this to life was a real task, right? Because yeah, obviously yeah. building shortages, COVID, yeah. 
it's been a long mission, so we would definitely like to have more models yep. in this office that represent Australia, um, represent fun and creativity, but we just haven't had the time to, to get to it yet. Yeah. So we're open to ideas. So, <laughs> well, certainly one of the things that we've seen over over at the Lego campus is that they every year they open up for submissions from the local fan community. Global um, fan global, community. The global, global fan, fan community, community yeah. particularly, yeah. And so they've got got models on display within the Lego house from all over the world, but also within in the, campus, in yeah. the campus as well. Right in the foyer, so a really strategic yeah. position. Absolutely. And also some others on other floors outside separate areas. Is that something that you'd be considering? Yeah, absolutely. At, I, I think, um, I actually think it's a great idea. We could have like a fan zone mm. or something in the area and we could have little showcases with different models, which could probably rotate. So yeah, mm. definitely happy to work with you guys and see what that looks like. Yeah, well, fantastic. I think that's certainly one of the things that the lugs would be, you know, they, their members are certainly the ones that are into creating local local yep. models, but certainly... Um, no, you know, I'm, I'm definitely open to it, and obviously it's a bit of a blank canvas at the moment, and we've still got a lot of work to do. Obviously, it won't be entirely finished till probably around Feb. We've still got some missing furniture and pieces, and... Definitely more models is something that's on our list. So um, Space for a Technic Bugatti somewhere. Well, probably not big enough for that. But <laughs> Maybe the McLaren. But we do own the McLaren, yeah. so that was yeah. our that was our baby. So we built that for the Grand Prix, and yeah. we're really proud that we've shared that around the world, actually. Yeah. We, we shared it with our team in Singapore, so that was at the Singapore Grand Prix. Oh, I had a few people send photos to me. Yeah. From Singapore. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. So that was very, very cool in Orchard Street, I think it is. Yeah. Um, had a really cool, uh, like... Like case because I think in, in in the Melbourne Grand Prix it was outdoors. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And then um, you know a bit of a sneak peek for you. We are looking at bringing it to New Zealand. Oh. Okay. Um, hopefully in the next month or two as well, so the Kiwi fans can enjoy it. And then it'll probably retire uh, at the Lego House in Billund. So mm. we're going to donate it to the Lego House. If the Lego House can't house it, then it'll go to the Lego Compass House, which is the yep. uh, employee house. Yeah, in Bill, and so we're going to make sure that our McLaren lives on because I think it was just too good to not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be shown on a more permanent basis. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think it's it's a good idea, um, and you know, you guys would host you know your customers or you know people yep. interested in Lego, um, just you know showcasing the adult, you know what what adults do with Lego because absolutely you, you currently have the you know this big adults welcome push. Yep, and then you can show them what's next. You know, first you go from like buying an orchid or a bonsai tree, and then you go you know. Building all sorts of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the Australian fan community, I think, is one of the most engaged, you know, really creative, really, um, you know, just the, just the caliber and pedigree of talent here is great. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. So, so going to like Adults Welcome. So you've been with Lego Australia for 20 years. That's a long time. It is a long time. You've seen a lot. Um, I think that would be around the time where, you know, Lego were, you know, going through some challenges in the early 2000s. Yes. Um, all the way up till now. So what's, what's been the biggest or some of the biggest shifts that you've noticed, um, you know, both with the product portfolio, but also the, I guess, the changing landscape of consumers? Yeah, well, it's, it's chalk and cheese. So when I started, and I'm sure some people online will appreciate this, my first job was to sell in Galador. <laughs> oh, no. The Duplo rebrand of Explore. <laughs> and Little Robots. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That, so, was, that, that was a bad So hand. that was 2002, yeah. and I'm like, wow, I'm not sure my career's going to last that long because I was driving around country Victoria visiting all the Toy World stores and showing, yeah, what do you think of this range? Like, nah, we're not ranging that. Nah, we're not ranging that. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. And I remember Susan Mitchell, who was my boss at the time, I, she's like, how's your selling ins going? You know, what's the, what's the feedback from the customer? I'm like, not good. 
<laughs> and then we had the music steppers, if you remember those as well, yeah. with those music cartridges. So I think, you know, from those days where I guess we were making things based on what we thought the trends were, um, the big shift was really when Yorn V come in and said, you know, we need to listen to the fans um, and we need to let go of the brand, so to speak, and realize at the end of the day, we're custodians of the brand. So obviously we make sure the brand is protected and it's around for another 90 years. But the people that actually really drive the brand is, is the fans um, and, and kids, right? If you don't have fans and you don't have kids engaged at the bottom levels, coming up to be the next Affoles, you really don't have a brand. Yeah. So I think letting go, I think listening of what people wanted. So we thought back then people wanted quick start elements. We thought people wanted more electronic things, more IP things, but what we learned was people actually wanted to build more. Mm-hmm. And when we brought people into our creation process and innovation process, that's when the portfolio changed and that's when you saw City go from World City, the police stations became really cool again um, and fun again. You know, we, we saw that we had a gap in the market for girls and Lego Friends was developed mm. through a heavy consultation um, process. Um, so I think the brand changed when we started to let go control and just basically listen. Mm. Um, and I think the rest is history from there. You've seen it evolve from 100 and 150 SKUs in a year to now, you know, four or 500 SKUs in a year and not just focused on kids, but actually really focused on adults as well now. Mm. So I think... Um, where the brand is today from where it was when I started is I could never have imagined it, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Like the, um, the, the, the shift in focus to adults is, 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 is fun because a lot of these, these adults, myself included, we grew up playing with Lego. And then where, you know, you, you get into your 20s, 30s, um, and then you can still play with Lego and there are products aimed at you. And you can also share that with, you know, I share that with my kids, which is, yeah. which is a, great, uh, a great personal joy to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and I think on that, you know, I think there's a couple of things which helped accelerate that. Right? Obviously, the Lego movie yeah. was huge. I think it made Lego a bit more mainstream. Yeah. So I think, you know, there was always adult fans playing with Lego. However, it was seen as a, you know, I do it. In my basement. In my like, basement. In, like in you know, movie, I, I yeah. do it when the lights are off. I don't yeah. sort of tell anyone about it. You know, it's a passion, but I don't really talk about it. And I think when the Lego movie came out and the storyline of that movie, it highlighted the fact that, hey, actually, there is a... It's okay to play. It's okay to build. And then, you know, we are just talking earlier off air before we went to air today about what COVID did. You know, COVID brought to life people's need to have a passion, a passion point, whether that's music well, that's collecting things. I think Lego is just another outlet for people to express themselves and to be part of something bigger. So I think that, I think Lego Masters also helped the TV show. Mm-hmm. I think that demystified what Lego was about and actually made it acceptable to play with Lego again as an adult. So I think all these things along the way have helped, um, you know, I guess bring Lego out of the closet, so to speak, and make it now a mainstream toy, mm-hmm. um, which it probably wasn't 10 years ago, yeah. um, which is something you know, we're really proud of. Yeah, I think I think mentioning the Lego Movie was interesting because I I remember how big of a um, how, how big of a deal that was. Like, it's massive. Um, you know, I was running my blog for a few years then, and the the, the spike in the interest just went off the charts, and I was like, "What is going on here?" Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I thought that was big, but then you know, COVID happened, yeah. and you know, Lego's Adults Welcome happened, and that was a much much bigger yeah. spike as well. So, I mean, I remember the days we didn't even market to adults, right? It was, yeah. uh, and it was basically a rule of thumb. You know, we had to spend the marketing on recruiting kids. Yeah. 16 plus. So, yeah, yeah, because yeah. The, the theory was at the time, you know, if you, if you don't recruit kids, they won't become the, ne- the affles. Yeah. Um, so kids are the main concern. But now we've sort of realized that there's a whole community out there that has a need to hear about what we're doing and we want to engage them in that fact as well. And I think it's been a, it's been a good thing. It's actually expanded the brand into a whole new 
area, um, which has been good. So, mm. so what, do you have a feeling for the split in the market between sort of sets for adults, sets for children, sets that are designed for adults, sets that are designed for children, we can't necessarily... Yeah, I, I, probably, I, probably, I probably can't give you the exact stats, of course, because yeah, yeah. um, you never know who's listening to this from the competition. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's no doubt that if you look at the last three years, the adult business has more than doubled yeah. uh, as a portion of our business. So, you know, I would say we're predominantly kids, more than mm. 90%, yep. and that's definitely now... Adults is becoming a highest growth area of the business. There's yeah. no doubt. And I think obviously COVID-induced um, boredom helps that yeah. <laughs> to some extent. And I also think the development of our portfolio has also enabled that, right, with the botanical range coming out and some of the other things we've done have deliberately been targeted adults. Yeah. The box change, the marketing campaign, etc. So some of it was driven by market dynamics and where we're at in time. Some of it's been driven by the portfolio of the, of the, the development of the product. But yeah. it's definitely becoming a bigger portion of our portfolio, and you can see that right when you go to the shelf now. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a wall of black, which is which is really cool. Yeah. Um. And and how has Lego's um push to focus on adults been doing down under? So you know, Australia's a very interesting market. Yep. It's a very small market, but it's very engaged. We tend to punch above. No, our well, I'm going to correct you there. It's not a small market anymore. So um, mm. yeah, we do really well. There's a big fan community. As I said, we've been active for sixty years. Yeah, you know, in this market, growing the brand, so it hasn't happened overnight. It's been from the days of John Petty to now. It's been a hard slog yeah. um, to get the brand to where it is today. But I think if people appreciate um, value. Um, you know, we're not stupid. We know we're not the cheapest toy in the world, um, but we also know we have the best quality. We offer the best value, and we continue to evolve. Right. Mm. Um, you know, eighty percent of our range is still new and fresh. You know, every year, and there's no one else in the market that does that. So, yeah. so we work hard at staying relevant, but. Um, it's definitely not easy, right? And, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of distractions. No, 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 100%. <laughs> um, and personal question from the adults portfolio, what are some of your favorite sets in the last Well, I have to be honest, so? it's not adults, but the one I'm building at the moment is the Lego City Express train, passenger yep. train. Yeah. Because my kids love trains and I'm a bit of a train nerd. So I actually brought out my um, World City trains mm. and, and used them in interaction with this. So I just think that's a really cool train, that with you know, the dimmable headlights and yep. some of the functions in there. The color of it's really cool with the green. Um, so that's cool. Um, one of my favorite ones was probably about three years ago was the Voltron set. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I grew up watching Voltron. So yeah. when that came out, that was like, yeah, I've, I've got to get that. And uh, I found it quite a difficult build, especially the arms. It was quite heavy yeah. um, getting it in. But um, that's probably the, the, the one that I probably sticks out the most from an adult set perspective. Mm. But the one I'm currently building is, yeah. The Lego City Express. No, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good train. It is, and there's some different elements in there, right? It's um, got a wheelchair kit in there, which I think is really, really cool. Yep. Um, it's got um, you know the bike in there as well. You can put the bikes in the rack yep. um, and the train. So there's just lots of different things which we haven't sort of done in a train set before. Um, you know, So I was happy to see that trains were coming back this year because it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That seems to be on a fairly regular rhythm. Every four years or so, we get a new couple of trains. Yeah, that comes along, so we'll hang in there for another. Yeah, couple and of years we're now. a big market for trains, right? Because not all markets, you know, in Asia, as an example, trains aren't that aren't mm-hmm. that big. But um, you know, definitely in Australia, there's a there's a massive community that are engaged in trains. Obviously, there's train clubs, particularly dominant mm-hmm. down in Melbourne. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I was pleased to see it come back. Yeah, I think I think the fans all are as well. Just yeah. always, they're always very happy to get get some some new. Um, very happy to get some new trains back, <laughs> yeah, back, back to be able to pick up. Um, so 
suppose the other thing that we were interested in seeing, uh, you've mentioned the so particular the fan community and how engaged it's been around. Um, how have, I suppose, you personally and members of the team here in the office been engaged with um, the Australian fan community over the last couple of years? We've started to see events opening up again. Yeah, so obviously I wasn't here the last couple of years. I've only been back for a, um, for a year. So, I mean, personally, I attend Brickvention every year, so I was there mm-hmm. this year. Um, which was great. Unfortunately, I got COVID at the event, so that wasn't ideal. Oh, <laughs> I had a 12-hour drive back where I'm like, is this hay fever? Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> this? <laughs> but I attended um, a day um, at Brickvention, which was great, so I always enjoy going to that. Yeah. Unfortunately, the attendance was down for obvious reasons, but um, I thought um, you know, the quality of the builds that was there, it was nice to see some different faces, because obviously mm. I, I know a lot of the community over the years of working in this market but um i thought the quality of the builds there were fantastic mm-hmm. always loved the train hall being a train man myself yep. um but that was cool um we're going back into events this year so obviously you saw LegoCon. yep yep we were the first market outside of denmark to do LegoCon in a physical mm. event form so we're pretty proud of that um obviously that was a a free event but it was ticketed and we had to do that because we it was a just different been, time we would have just been swamped and it was yeah. during COVID, etc etc but LegoCon worked well. We've got some learnings from that. So if we do do that again, we'll, we'll take them into account. We would have liked to have opened it up more um, mm. because obviously they sold out within two minutes. Yes. <laughs> so each of the sessions we put online sold out within two minutes. And we're like, ah, damn it, we should have got a, a bigger venue. Mm. But we weren't sure people's ability to go out and whether they're willing yeah. to go out and all that kind of stuff. So, But we do have an ambition to do more bricks and hands events again because that's what our brand is about right Mm. Um, and I think during COVID times we couldn't do that so you saw the Christmas baubles we did last year down at um, the Opera House at Christmas Um, we're taking them to New Zealand this year Uh so Aotora Square which is in Auckland will be housing the baubles this year Um, so we're really proud of that Um, we just launched today actually um, a giant 3D billboard um, in Burke Street it's the first time we've ever done a 3D billboard so basically Santa is throwing bricks out through this billboard, so it looks yep. like the bricks are going onto the street. So is that's that Burke, going to be Street, Melbourne. Burke Street, Melbourne. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. We'll have to go. Yeah, it's just gone live um, today, and yep. it'll be live for two weeks. Um, so that's cool. So we do have an ambition to do more. Um, obviously, it's um, just restarting the machine, right? So we yeah. have Leia here, who is our partnerships and events manager. Um, you know, she's working now with the like community to try and make sure we can support more and more events, mm. but. You know, it takes a while to start that machine back up, right? Yeah. So uh, next year will definitely be a lot more active than we've been this year. Fantastic. But me personally, I always go to Brickvention every year. I, I don't miss it when I'm living here. So yeah, you still have family down in Victoria? I do. Yeah, my family's yeah. still down in Geelong. Yeah. Um, so I usually tag that into Christmas and and go and see them while I'm down there. So yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So um, and. Have you had a chance, or do you, the team been getting out to interstate events, or is that on the agenda this year? That's on the agenda, probably not as much as we'd like, if I'm being honest. Um, our team in New Zealand went to the um, the Auckland events, so I think yep. there's a couple of events this year. There's one in Wellington, one in Auckland. So um, Cedric Roos is our country manager down there. He sent his yep. team down, and they, and they worked to those. But from an Australian perspective, really only Brickvention that I can think of at this stage. So. Mm. We need to do a little bit better in that space. Yeah, I've been to a few of the events around around the country, and certainly the sense of community that you get both yep. in city and regional Victoria is just Absolutely. fantastic. And it's a lot of pent up uh, demand as well because we've oh, had yeah, you know sure. two years of not having you know these events. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, I got to Adelaide events, the Adelaide event, which unfortunately clashed with LegoCon last year. Yep. And but also Bendigo Bricks in regional Victoria, yep. and they both had 
terrific vibes, both from the people who were exhibiting yep. and the fan community who were taking part and engaging, but also from the, the visitors that were coming and, and able to get out and, and, and see things. And I think um, there, were, there were certainly a lot of fantastic things that we saw there that hadn't got to Brickvention. Yep. And, um, you know, I think overall, as, as you said, Australia punches above its weight Absolutely. Um, worldwide. And, and I think, you know... It's great. Be great to get the chance to um, agreed, agreed, and yeah. that is definitely our ambition. So obviously, uh, this year was really just restarting, <laughs> yeah. restarting the beast again, right? Because obviously, yeah. everyone's been working from home for almost two years, right? So yeah, yeah. it's getting people back in that rhythm, getting our distribution under control. Because obviously, with all the disruptions due to COVID, you know, just getting bricks into the country has been a challenge at times. Mm. Um, so it's much better this year. Much better this year. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. No, no, no. I, I, I remember the shelves last year, like the, um, what's the term? Um, stock weight. No. Yeah, the yeah. stock weight was, yeah. was was quite low. There's, yeah. there's no doubt on that. But this year, it's been much better. I mean, we still have quite long lead times, unfortunately, from, you know, some of our products still comes from Denmark. Some of it comes through our Shanghai DC, where we produce and charging. Um, that is starting to get better. So we've shaved off about two weeks of our mm-hmm. lead times bringing goods into the country, which is great. Um, but now the challenge we have is pallet shortages. So we bring the goods into the country. There's not enough pallets to put the stock on, to to ship it out, right? So um, I guess you could say our Achilles heel right now is still distribution challenges. Mm. Um, We carry more safety stock than ever in our warehouse because we know we need to be there at those key occasions such as Easter, school holidays, and and Black Friday and Christmas. Um, But hopefully you'll notice now this year we've got double the amount of inventory than we had last year. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's never been more Lego on the shelves at Christmas in Australia's history. Yeah. And New Zealand's history for that matter. So hopefully the fans can get what they want this Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's definitely a lot less frustration this year. Good. Because, yeah, last year we were like, I can't buy the yeah. Titanic. And, yeah. and you know, we opened uh, three new Lego certified stores this year too. We opened our big flagship store in Melbourne, which... Yep. Is doing really well. It's one of the best performing stores globally, actually, mm-hmm. um, for the Lego group. So that was... Uh, a big thing for us, we opened a store in Burragoon in WA, mm-hmm. and obviously we opened one in Penrith um, yeah. in New South Wales, which has done extremely well. So um, through that store expansion, people will also get more access um, yeah, to product as well and, and newness, mm-hmm. um, which we know is so important. Yeah. Do you anticipate any more stores opening between now and the end of the year? Not now and the end of the year, no. Um, we're, we're done and dusted for this year, but next year we'll definitely have an ambition to, to open more stores, um, in New Zealand in particular, because yeah. we know that we're under-indexed there. At the moment, we only have one store in New Zealand. That's mm. in Auckland. Yeah. Um, but uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah. There could be some more coming there. And, of course, in Australia, we'll continue to to invest. Um, so, so, we're, we're not going to open hundreds, so you're not going to see like what you see in China and some other markets, but we're going to put them in the areas where we believe there's a large population of families and, there, and there's a need. Yeah. So if we, if we build one, we want to build one of a size which is decent, Mm. versus having the model where you have more stores and smaller. Yep. We would rather have a fewer stores and bigger so people can have more of an engaging experience. Yep. We can have larger models and we can have the full breadth of assortment. So that's our strategy in that space. Yeah. So I think um, on, on stores as well, like, um, you know, you've been doing this for close to 20 years now that you have that, I guess, even more direct-to-consumer touch yep. point with the stores. You get to control the brand experience. Um, what, what, what's been the biggest learning for LEGO Australia in terms of... Um, you know, how the certified store rollout has been going. Yeah, I mean, lots of learnings, right? Because, you know, we also um, are a supplier. So we're not just a retailer now. We obviously, we're a supplier one and then a retailer second. So I think obviously making sure that we navigate that we want to grow the pie. So we don't want to come in and then start taking from the pie. 
our ambition is to grow the pie. I think the minute we start taking from the pie and other retailers are going backwards because of what we're doing, yeah, yeah, that's a concern. And we don't think we're at that point yet. You know, we still think there's something for everybody, and we can make sure there's differentiation for everybody as well, right? So there's a reason for being for each channel mm. that we play in, which is important. I think it's important as fans when you go into Kmart, you know what you're going to get. When you go online on Amazon, you know what you're going to get. When you go into a Lego certified store, you know you're going to get. So I think that's one. I think obviously, um, you know, making sure that um, what we call the net promoter score, so the NPS, is up to scratch. So if we're going to have our own branded store, the expectations are high. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure the service is what you expect, the knowledge of the people that work at the shelf, they know what they're talking about. And then you want to make sure you keep the hot selling items in stock. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great place to experience the brand as well. E- exactly yeah. right. So that puts a lot of pressure, right? You got to make sure that you're hiring the right people, you're picking the right locations, and your forecasting is on track. Um, because you know what, people see that as the logo brand. If they go in, they can't get what they want. That's a bad experience for the fan. Yeah. Um, so I guess you know we're learning that it's not easy <laughs> running a retail store. Uh, it's certainly easier being a supplier, but you know it's something that we think is the right thing to do because. We want to make sure our brand's here for another 90 years and we believe having our own stores is a direct line of communication you know, with the fan community as such. Mm. Cool. So this year has been a big year, 90th anniversary. Um, without saying too much, obviously, um, what can fans, so both adults, families, what can fans expect from 2023? So 2023 will be another big year. Obviously, two of our IP partners have big anniversaries. So both Disney and Warner Brothers turn 100, oh, okay. um, which are pretty big milestones. So you can expect to see some sets um, around that genre um, coming out next year, which I think will be highly collectible and, and super cool. Um, I think it's no secret, and we've said this a few times, that we have an ambition to reach more girls with Lego bricks. So you know we're quite strong uh, in boys, particularly 6 to 12, the adult fan community is growing, and it's actually growing organically now um, through people's passion points. But we know we still under-indexing girls. And obviously, when we launched Lego Friends, that was really successful. But after 10 years, it's time to give it a bit of a, a reboot. Mm. Um, so you'll see Lego Friends have a new, um, new storyline, new characters, new packaging, um, and a bit of a different angle to it um, as we enter next year. And those sets will be in the market towards the end of Jan, early Feb. Um, so you'll see us really try and reboot the girls' business, um, so to speak. I think you'll be happy with um, with what's to come the next year. I mean, it's hard to comp 2022, right, because it's been a pretty amazing year with what we launched. 2021 yep. was off tap, <laughs> I yeah. would say. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think 2023, there's still going to be something for everyone. Yeah, I think 2022 was a, a very interesting year because yep. I think the, the, the assortment has never been wider. Yes, uh, I'd agree. You know, yeah. you could... Such breadth in the whole... Yeah. I'd agree. Range, I'd yeah. agree. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thank you All so right. much for your time and thank you so much for joining us on um, our podcast. No worries. My pleasure. Yeah. No, thank you very much for joining us, Troy Taylor. You have been listening to Extra Pieces, a collaboration between Jay's Brick Bog and The Rambling Brick. Your hosts are Jay Ong and Richard Jones, written and produced by Jay Ong and Richard Jones. Extra Pieces can be found through your favourite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please give us a solid five-star review. It will make it easier for other people to find us and to share the joy.